So guys, Andrew has just done his first stream with a guest and he's joined by Justin Waller. If you want to join the real world, we have a link in the description. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Welcome to the emergency meeting broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> joined by some pro prestigious colleagues of mine. Prestigious? <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Okay, so here we are. Tig, what would you have to drink? Whiskey? All right, give me that trash Johnny Walker in. All right, let's wait, do it. Wait, wait, time out. Whole show stopped. Show stopped for announcement. My new product, Johnny Walker pre-workout. This is not your product. Johnny Walker Blue. Yes, it is. It isn't. Yeah, I pre-marked it today. This company's over 160 years old and yeah, has the royal seal of approval. Don't care. You don't even know what that means. Before we start, we only need to introduce ourselves because two of the faces here may be not as familiar as mine and my brother's. My name's Tristan Tate. My pronouns are he, him. Yeehaw. <laughs> ye, ye and haw are pretty good pronouns. They're good pronouns, bro. Mine are top and G, of course. Yeah, clearly. What a confusing fucking way to introduce yourself. I'm Tig, a.k.a. Tig Budo. There you go. His pronouns are Armenian. Yeah, I'll take that. Armenian. Yeah. I'm the only one not drinking also, so uh, Obviously. I'm, I'm going to be the voice of reason like I usually am on these broadcasts. I used to have fun on these. Yeah. Remember, when remember when podcasts <laughs> used to be good? <laughs> So, you are the voice of reason. We want to get started by why our friends are even here. Because obviously we're under house arrest. Why would you two fly all the way across the world to sit on house arrest? I think that's a good starting question. Justin? TMCJ. Take me to jail, bro. You can't say that. I stole it. <laughs> I know. They taught me that this week. So, yeah, why wouldn't I fly over here to see you guys? You've been in jail, and um, I miss really really bad jokes that i can't sell on the internet and um so there was only one thing to do is come over here and, and tell those jokes and <laughs> talk some trash and have fun and train all week so how's the rest really isn't that bad is it everyone's saying the mics aren't working besides mine they can hear you but quiet you can hear me or not they say they can hear me but everyone else is quiet are you sure that's that's what the chat is saying you're going to ask me to Mr. Producer this because I don't have a clue. I guess so. Everything should be working. I see little sound bars here. Test, 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 test. Everyone's saying only me. Testing. All right. Well, let's. Here's what we'll do. Okay. We'll do what I normally do, which is this, and try and fix it. Did I fix it? Uh, the chat has to tell us because, of course, the chat is the ultimate feedback. Just let us know if I've actually fixed it for everybody or not. So everybody say something and we'll let you know if it's fixed or not. I'll tell you in a second. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Fixed. W, yes, fixed, working. Yep. Test, test, yep, test. Yep. Okay, so Bailey tried to sabotage our uh, our stream, clearly. Always Bailey. Yeah, it would be Bailey, wouldn't it? Oh, bulletproof. So let's start that again. Justin, why would you fly all the way across the world to see your friends who are under house arrest and can't leave their house? I'll tell you my favorite line from any movie ever was in Tombstone. There's a shootout in Lake Doc Sick, right? And after the gunfire and the smoke clears and everything, the dude comes down. He's like, Doc, why would you help him fight? He goes, because he's my friend. And the dude goes, I got a lot of friends. And Doc looked him straight in the face and said, I don't. <laughs> so I like that. Yeah, I like that. I yeah. like that very much. I've never even seen that movie. Now I want to watch it. You've never seen Tombstone? Never. No, it's one of the best movies ever. You've yeah. got to see yeah. Tombstone. He's sick. He's, he's, he's dying. And he goes to gun battle. And he's like, I got a lot of friends. He looks him dead in the eye and said, I don't. So... 
if you have a lot of friends, you don't have any friends. I think most people know that. And obviously, we're very glad to have you guys here. And uh, welcome to House Arrest. I hope you have fun. But it's more about who you're with. It's about the company more than the situation. And we all know that. So that's how life works. So, so Tig, we'll... why are you here? Well, my plan was foiled to break you out of jail. So <laughs> I had to come down here. The moment I could get the green light, I was here because that's what brothers do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, now Justin's mic is off, apparently. Test, 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 test. Is it We're just going to have to work it out? With the, the ginger's mic, mic is bad. How about this? Let's put this here. In the middle of us. Cool. And we'll both talk this way. Problem solved. So, Tristan, you had some very interesting insights about a submarine. You said something about how you had to start the show with a submarine. Yeah, no, listen. I feel like the submarine is definitely a talking point worth mentioning because everybody on the internet is laughing at these millionaires who died in the submarine. Now, I know that I'm half black and black people don't do stupid stuff like submarines and oceans and mess with shit like that. So I myself would not have gone in it. But let me tell you people at home a little something, because you've all upset me very, very much. Everyone's laughing at these videos when he's saying, oh, look, it's experimental. Oh, look, I'm using this stupid controller. Oh, look, there are holes drilled into the side of it to hold the screen. It's experimental. Why do people get in it? If you have taken the experimental COVID vaccine, you are in no place to laugh at the millionaires who died. And let me tell you something. It's the people on the far left who are saying, oh, this is hilarious because they're millionaires and they deserve it, etc. It's the people who pumped their veins full of untested vaccine, which was not approved. No one knew what it would do to you. It was experimental. They're the ones laughing at the millionaires for getting an experimental sub. That's just stupid. Come on. I do think that's one of the most terrifying things. I understand why it gripped the nation, the idea of being stuck at the bottom of the ocean with no way out. That would actually be genuinely terrifying. What would you do? Let, what would you do in your last two days sitting down there in the freezing cold in the pitch black? Booze 30. For sure. There's no what booze. else are you going to do? I'm not sure they had booze. And what if they didn't have booze? What's the answer? Pray. As a man, I like to try and think there's always a way out. What? what there's uh, no way out, is there? There's no way out. There's no way out. There's no Aikido? I, I racked my mind, well, my I, superhuman brain. I couldn't find some submarine Aikido to somehow get out of there. I'd just be stuck and die. Yeah, there's two ways to look at it. If there's actually truly no hope and you know for the fact there's no hope, I'd want the best tour of the Titanic ever known to man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, where's Jack? <laughs> like, I'd want to see the whole squad. Or but, throws, yeah, if yeah. not, I'd just try to get out. Yeah, well, the whole thing exploded and everyone died immediately. So that didn't actually happen. They weren't actually stuck. Because people here are trying to correct us like we don't know. Yeah. But I do know. So the question is, would you rather have two days and know when you're going to die or just die in 10 seconds? That's actually a very good question because people think it would be easy to just die instantly. But I think if the choice came, you'd choose those two days just for the extra consciousness. I don't think it's as easy as people would pretend it is to choose. I feel like you could make your peace with God in two days. I've got a lot of apologizing to do. Yeah, 10 seconds would be hard to be like, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, know, you can't repent proper. Could you text? Could you do anything? Could you reach out to some family? No. No? There was no communications. No. Bottom of the ocean. Yeah. You know what really sucks? I heard one of the, like, one of them, the, the kids didn't even want to go. It's like a 19 year old yeah yeah and he went because his dad was obsessed with the titanic yeah, he's like his father's day <laughs> yeah it's a rough one it's risk reward I, I i personally don't understand it there's a lot of things people do that i don't understand the thing that doesn't make sense to me about the submarine thing is that you go all the way down there in a submarine just so you can view the submarine through a tv screen yeah because you're in a submarine yeah, you can see that from the internet yeah you yeah. Can, like why yeah i mean i guess it's okay i'm here right now but are you i don't know I, it never really made sense to me but the ocean doesn't make sense to me in general James Cameron did it. 
and that looked fun. The way he did it actually looks fun. But then his thing was properly engineered. He said the last thing we should ever be worrying about is the structural integrity of the submarine. Like some of his shit went wrong, but it wasn't going to collapse. But then James Cameron is, uh, I don't know, richer. I guess he's not, is he? Certainly more experienced. Well, he did the smart thing. No matter what, what happened, he must have had the right backers behind him. So speaking of things we wouldn't do, as a black man, Andrew, what do you not do that white people love doing? <laughs> because because it's again. true. Every black person I've spoken to is like, I'm not getting in the submarine. I'm like, yes, that's true. I'm not even a very good swimmer. <laughs> so I, I don't care what people say. The One of the only differences between white people and black people is black people don't like doing white people shit, sure, like jumping I've... out of planes and fire breathing and all that nonsense. Marcel once said to me, he said, being black is already an extreme sport. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't need to do extreme sports. This is just such a dangerous conversation for me. So um, although I, I, I must admit, like cause my family's half white, half black. Yeah. I've never seen the black side of my family surfing or going in the ocean or jumping on planes nope. or paragliding or diving with sharks. I've never seen any of that. It's just a, it's what white people love to do for some reason. So, Justin, explain yourself. Why do you like to dive with sharks? I've never dived for sharks. You know what I think it is? Growing up where how I grew up, we didn't have that option either. So I think it's a socioeconomic thing. A lot of people can afford to go in a, in a, in a tank in the bottom of the ocean or skydive. You, sir, are wrong, and I'm going to correct you. Because <laughs> just, just yesterday, you were telling me stories about going on riverboats and grabbing alligators where there are snakes and trying to grab yeah, bullfrogs. Yeah. And that's white yeah. people's shit, even yeah. though you don't have the budget to do the submarine shit. So explain yourself. Yep. So so that's in a bateau, asshole. In a bateau. <laughs> single, single little engine. Okay. Catching frogs with my hands is not skydiving. And it's certainly not going in the fucking submarine. <laughs> I, I bet diving with sharks is actually very expensive. Absolutely, it's got to be. Well, so uh, the scuba diving in general is expensive. I've heard. Who pays money for this, bro? I you'd have to. Money. You'd have to pay me the amount of things people do that they'd have to actually pay me to do. You'd have to pay me good money to go to a festival. Yep. Andrew, you're gonna go stand around with a bunch of peasants, surrounded by a bunch of druggies. Everyone's sweaty. Anyone can have a blade and stab you at random. Listen to the same songs you can listen to on YouTube. You're going to pay us. No, sir. You're going to pay me. This is going to piss some people off, but I don't like going to Mardi Gras. It smells like piss. Everybody's drunk as sin, and it's too crowded. It, like, for what? Some fucking beads? Some little plastic on a string? Is, it's lame. Yeah, people yeah, go on and on about it. I've never been. Am I missing anything? No. Okay, good. It's good to know. I don't think I'd enjoy the American South at all. I really don't. I think the American South, the way you describe it, Justin, sounds super overrated. You've never rocked a trailer with a Louisiana 9. What is a Louisiana 9? It's basically a 5 for everywhere else in the world. <laughs> are, you, are you trying to sell this place to me? <laughs> Not particularly. You ain't coming anyway. What super chats we got, T? See, when I'm Mr. Producer, everything's under control. You ask Tristan to do one thing, he doesn't know what's going on. Come on, T. Justin, the... Podcast you do with Brandon Carter, lit fire up my ass. Cheers, cowboy. What's the best university in the world, Andrew? Hustle's University, of course, which we can talk about at length later on. I don't like to do a big plug for I kind of feel like we've reached a point where me even having to mention it or sell it is kind of below the product in and of itself. If you don't understand how powerful it is and you're not inside of it, then you don't deserve to be inside of it. You can just stay outside. If you don't get it, you should take a submarine ride. <laughs> Absolutely. Your mansion reminds me of Tong Po's compound in Kickboxer 4. LOL. Stay strong. Peace and love to all your friends and family. Hi, Tates. I made 50K in the real world. Yeah, we know. We know. Read out. 
Hi, Tate. I made 50K in, as a 15-year-old in seven months in the real world in the copywriting campus. What would you recommend that I do with this money? All right, what do you recommend a young man does if he has 50K? Well, he's only 15, so he's too young to join the war room. But if you have the financial stability to not have to worry about paying the bills, then at the age of 15, you need to be training. That's when, I don't know, when. how old were you when you started martial arts, Tate? 13 and that was a life changer and excelled my life in more ways than one absolutely yeah if you're a young man you have all the energy you're ever going to have you're what you have wolverine like healing abilities and the last thing you want to do is set yourself up for a life of laziness so if you're 15 and you don't have to worry about keeping the lights on you need to train you should be an animal wasn't mike tyson like world champion at 17 or 18 something crazy 19 world champion long, longest youngest ever yeah so you, you you're behind young man you got plenty of work to do to quote the great roger mayweather you don't know shit about boxing yeah, seems so. Clearly. RIP. RIP. But uh, yeah, it's kind of amazing to me that especially men sit and wonder, like, what do I do in this situation? The answer to most problems as a man is always going to be to work harder. And the harder you work, the more likely you are move to the mouse. move the mouse. Bro, I'm telling you, that's what happened to me yesterday. Ah, okay. Ah, see, so it's, go it's actually going to freeze for a second. So you're going to have to repeat yourself. Cool. It's going to freeze. When in most situations in life, regardless of whether you're 15, 25, 45, the answer is usually to work harder and there's always something to work on. And a lot of that is going to be, of course, your finances, your network, but your physicality. There's no such thing as too strong. You can never finish the gym. You're 15, you do start training. So I'm glad you made a little bit of money. It's not that much, but it's good for a 15-year-old. And obviously, I'm proud of you. You're following the campus and you're working hard, but you have plenty of work to do because when you become 18 or 19, you need to be an animal. You need to be strong. You need to be formidable and fearsome. Someone asked Tig's origin story, like this is a video game or something. Come on, Tig. Oh, origin, God, God. origin story. Make it good. All right, gentlemen. I was, I was a long... A young lost soul, like many of you probably watching this, obviously joking. I went to the gym for years, which made me a formidable opponent. And from there, I joined the war room, much like many of you can follow this path. Um, and that will excel your life in every possible avenue that you choose. That's why I highly suggest you guys get involved as soon as possible. Yeah, we all met through the war room, didn't we? We all met through the war room. And, uh... I said take lean into the mic a bit more, that black mic. Test, test. Just lean in a bit. Yeah, we all met through the war room. Should be a habit for him. And, and and the goal the goal of the war room was to find more brothers. That was the original goal of it for me and Tristan. And I think we've done a pretty good job. I mean, we've ended up with Tigrin, a, a psycho with a mohawk, and uh, Southern Mister GI Joe. Uh -huh. But we're doing all right. Andrew, share your microphone with Tig because they're seeming to have sure. problems. Sure. Microphone sharing. Sure. And two, where's Bailey? Tig, this is a super chat from a guy who calls himself Wiston Wait. Why do you look like Zangief from Street Fighter? Well, I didn't make that up. It's a real. relative of mine, so I'm mini low-carb Zangief right now. I got the chest hair to back it up, all the above. E-Honda would beat Zangief, though. Oh, Everyone nice. knows that. Fuck no. Never. Back me up, Justin. E-Honda beats Zangief every single time. Maybe on eating. Yeah. I can get behind that. I, I was talking earlier. I, I, you could argue that there's four Street Fighter characters sitting at the table. We have Zangief. I, I can be Dalsim. You're, you're Guile. Yep, Guile. Who, easy. Who's, who's Tristan? I, I'd give him Ryu. He's a darker Ryu. Is he Ryu? Chun Li. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm Chun Li, then you're Blanca because you got red hair. I'm just saying. Technically, that's the only redheaded character. Who would I be? I don't think I'm a oh, street fighter. I'm, I'm definitely Gaio, bro. I don't think I'm a street fighter character. I feel like I'm not fat enough to be E Honda, but he's the best. So I would gladly be him if I could choose. Is that all the super chats? Oh yeah, that's all the super chats. They're slowly coming in. Which one of you could see the clown? <laughs> They're using our own jokes against us. Tick, have you ever seen, you, have you seen the clown that hides from gay people? 
I'm a clown. He's a clown? He's up to speed. Yeah, he's up to speed. Right, guys, so let's talk about, we're talking about how you guys came to visit us, and obviously we're making jokes about it, and we're trying to be lighthearted, etc. But I think that there's certainly a degree of bravery that comes when men are around their, around their brothers, and I think that if you get the right group of men together, even if you get 10 of them and tell them they're all going to be blown to pieces, they'll still fi- manage to find a way to laugh. Why do we think that is? Why do we think that's so important for life as well, and why that translates across the optimum life a man can live? Why do you think you need men around you that inspire you in that way? Well, I think like what we were talking about the other day about why men don't enjoy having normal jobs anymore is because nobody takes pride in it. So it's like if you're going to die, you might as well at least die with honor. Yeah. You know, so if, if your boy, if, if your boys are down and, some, and something's wrong, you know, your life might suck anyway or if, or if bad things are going to happen to you anyway, you might as well have some bad things happen to you with some honor tied to it or it's not worth doing it. So. Take I, I like the further. honor. Take that a step further. Now we always talk about honor, obviously being an honorable man. What does that mean when you say like die? Why would you necessarily die? It's not necessarily that I'm going to die. It's that I'm going to die defending my brothers that are willing to die for me as well. That's where that honor comes from. Yeah, completely. And I, I don't know what it is, but I think there's certainly something. If you look at the most men who are miserable and unhappy today, I think that there's a few things that are lacking. You'll ask them what it is. They might say women. They might say money. But in my experience, mainly it's brotherhood. I think most men who are truly miserable don't have brothers because if you have good guys around you and you're truly a team and you know you can truly rely on them and they can truly rely on you, you don't really care about much else. You can take you can take a good group of guys and bankrupt them and dump them on a beach in the Philippines with no girls and no money, and they will still laugh, still have fun, still survive. So I think brotherhood is an extremely important thing. And the number one question I get asked all the time, and the reason I'm mentioning it is because you two guys are here. People always say, hey, I want better friends. You know, I want brothers like you guys have. I want to be uh, part of the, the war room or whatever else. And they ask me, how do I do that? So what would you say is the answer to that question? How do you become the kind of man or what do you do as a man to find friends worth having? Well, well, I'll, I can actually start for a second. You meet lots of men in your lifetime. And the number one go-to to look for, I think, in, in identifying good people, because I've been to the bottom of the bottom and back to the top. And I think the number one go-to that I look for is why I still have some friends for a very long time, like Peter and Adam and those guys from Slovakia, because when I was down and out, when I was broke, when I had nothing to eat, they messaged me, hey, man, you want to meet for a drink? They, they cared about hanging out with me, regardless of everything else that I do. It's crazy how in the past five years, every single man I've ever met, I've ever met in my entire life or hung out with for one day or one week. They're all like, oh, man, I'd love to catch up with you. Oh, I bet you would. Well, at my mansion, on my boat, in the jet, over here, I bet you'd love to catch up with me. But why didn't you want to catch up with me when I was down and out? So, you know, you know who your real friends are because when you're down, you know who's looking out for you and who's messaging you. I said this to you, actually, in prison. I said, the one thing I miss, I went 92 days, no women, no booze, no fun, no nothing. And every, when I finally got put in a room with Andrew, I was like, yeah, I missed you, man. But you know what? I miss my friends. And that's why whenever I got the chance to pass a message to someone on the phone, to tell Luke, to post something on my Twitter, I was tweeting cowboy country music because I knew you'd read it. Yep. I didn't want to pass love letters to outside. I was like, no, no, no. I want Justin to know that I'm okay. Because I think that your friends are the, the foundation you build everything on. You know, women and and children and everything else in life that brings you untold amounts of joy is part of the castle you build upon the foundation. But the, but the men are certainly part of the foundation. Yeah. How do you get friends worth having? That's the question I'm asking our two guests. How would you say if you're out there and you're a young man right now, you're 17, 18 years old and you agree with everything we say and you, you understand that your key, the key to your life is to find brothers who, you know, are going to 
agree with your mindset and are going to help you and you can rely on and aren't going to snake you and be good men and you're going to combine your powers as a team and you're going to try your very best to conquer the world, what would you say are the most important things when it comes to finding other men that you can negotiate with and work with and conquer the world with? And how do you think those relationships would work overall? I'll chime in real quick. A lot of people are looking and a lot of people feel like they're entitled to good friendship and entitled to respect. Mm. You have to first become a person that's admirable, person that's respectable first. For instance, one example we gave you is get your ass in the gym. Become a man that's working towards something that's disciplined enough. Because as another man, if I see that, I'm like, oh, this man is disciplined. That means I could rely on him to follow through with something. It's really interesting you said that. You know what? Just, that's, that's the best answer I've No, but it's heard. really interesting you said that because it's actually almost instant for any man out there. If you want to find friends which are hardworking and dedicated and motivated and you want to respect them and they, you want them to respect you back, go into a fight gym and learn how to fight for real. And you will have a bunch of friends who aren't afraid, who aren't cowards, who respect you, who you respect back. You'll have some of my best friends. In fact, a lot of the guys who've been visiting me this last week, anyone who's following me on Twitter I've been sparring with, are guys I used to train with 10, 11, 12 years ago. Yeah. And they're still coming to see me. So, yeah, that's a fantastic way because I think if we actually psychoanalyze that, that's interesting. When men go through shared experiences, I think that's how we bond, especially if it's shared hardship. It doesn't matter if it's the football team, winning a game, losing a game, going to war, your army buddies, going to fight, your fight buddies. We have to have some kind of shared hardship to bond with. And I think that's very important. So if you're the kind of guy who avoids hardship or avoids challenges or tasks, you're going to struggle to find any kind of friends worth having in the first place. Now, Justin, you played a little bit of fo- football, or as, or as we call it, soccer, didn't you? You were on the soccer team, right? Yep, whole lot of soccer. Never changing. <laughs> but to chime in on that. Your microphone's too close, I keep saying. Later, it's good. You have to raise expectations for yourself because if you can't bring – some sort of honor to the friendship, then how are you going to expect that out of the next guy? So if we're all walking down the street and one of us is weak, then we didn't bring that to the, the relationship in the first place. That's why I always say ethics come before you need them, you know, or I, I don't want weak friends. I don't want broke friends. I don't want friends that can't get women because in some way, somehow they'll either snake you or not show up for you in the way that you're supposed to. If I couldn't spend, leave, leave work, spend 20 grand on flights just to come be in prison. I haven't left the gates all week and I wouldn't. Correct. I haven't left the gates all week and I wouldn't want to. And whatever money is out there to make, I don't need it. I'd rather be here. And I think you have to have friends that can do these types of things. So to get these kinds of friends, you have to first be that kind of person that deserves that kind of, you know, attention and love and care from from another person. Yeah, that's so, that's super interesting. So when someone says, oh, I'm not motivated to become strong, or I don't really care about money. We are also saying by extension, I don't want strong friends around me. I don't want rich friends around me. Because you're a bad friend. Because you're going to be a bad friend. And then you have to sit and look and understand that lone wolves don't survive. The idea of Rambo in and of itself is fallacy is always going to be packs and teams that are going to survive and if your team's gonna be a bunch of weaklings like you that lack motivation you say i lack motivation you're also advertising to the world that every single one of the people you're friends with are going to lack motivation so then what you know what chance do you have you and your dork friends with no motivation against a bunch of motivated men yeah because i don't think it's possible i don't think it's possible to have a bunch of friends who are motivated and focused and not be motivated and focused yourself yeah exactly exactly. peer pressure is fantastic it works in the absolutely absolutely works both ways right but most motivated, hardworking men are not going to want to hang around with a loser if he doesn't get his act right. Yep. And let me t- and let me add on to that. Let me t- tell you why you guys are behind on this is because you don't know when that person, that friend, that opportunity to be friends with somebody is going to walk in your life. I worked my ass off for years and years and years and years before I met you guys. Yeah, it's true. 
you didn't know who I was until I was there. And if I wouldn't have been ready, it wouldn't have happened. And that's why a lot of these guys, they, they think, oh, I got time. You don't have fucking time. That's right. You need to get to work now because you don't know when that dude's going to walk through the door. And that could have been your partner to have a business and change your whole life. Yeah. So they say you're the you're, you, you're the sum of the five people you surround yourself with the most. You're not going to find that group of high level killers and fall into that group and then level up. You have to be at least slightly below their level, at least yeah, at least close to their yeah. level for them to want to take you seriously, for them to want to hang around with you. Me and Justin have been training all day while drinking whiskey because he thinks Johnny Walker is pre-workout now. It is. It's, it's not. It is. Andrew, can you tell him that drinking's bad for him? You're, you're the anti-drinker here. I, can you have a word with my friend Justin? He's pretty big. But uh, <laughs> he's pretty big. He is pretty big. No, but that that's a fantastic point. So that's the reason I'm covering that is because I got an email today about, hey, man, I really want I really believe that I need a strong network. If you believe it and you understand it, that's that's the first stage. And that's also something a lot of men at home don't understand. If I lost everything today, it would be the men I know that helped me get it all back. It wouldn't be the women I can sleep with. It wouldn't be, you know, uh, all the cars I already have or all the status I already have, whatever. It would be the men I know when shit hits the fan, I'd be calling to try and get everything back. And that's how important it is. It's your it's your parachute and it's your safety net. And it's also the thing that's going to keep you on top, regardless of what happens to you. So if you're sitting here saying, I don't want to be a fantastic man, then you don't want a fantastic network and you're in big trouble. Yeah, but that's because of the man that you are. Andrew. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's the point that I'm trying to make is that these guys, I get these messages too from guys. Hey, man, I want to join the world. I need friends like you and Andrew and Tristan. Now look at the dude. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be friends with you. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I don't think you understand. Like you need to do the certain things to even have that be a consideration. And that's why I press upon you guys. Is it's like, you need to get to work right now because you never know when one of these guys or Tig or, or whoever, a guy from the war room is going to walk into a restaurant and you could have walked up to him and got his respect, but you let the hour of opportunity that happened before you met that guy slip past you. And it's very important. You don't let that happen. And men speak without speaking. I can meet somebody without saying a word within the first three seconds. I know he's a bitch or not. Everybody knows this is how men operate. We instantly can analyze somebody and see if they have value or not. It's something that's almost instinctual that you can't explain. So the easiest way, I have a lot of people ask me, hey, how do I come across this high value? Be high value. How about that? That's the easiest way to do it. Why are you trying to fake? Why are you trying to lie? And I think the world, especially as it gets more and more polarized and as things get worse and worse, especially in the Western world, your network is the most important thing. I was talking to my cousin today or Tristan's cousin. And I was talking about I how have a cousin. I was talking about how the MSM is full of shit. Where do I get my news from? Well, the first place I probably get it from is Twitter. And the second place I get my news from are my friends. I, I see all this crap in France. I message my friends in France. I have guys everywhere like, hey, what's happening there? What's happening? I like firsthand accounts from men I trust. Yeah, same with Russia. Same with Ukraine. We have friends in both countries. Yeah, I like firsthand accounts from men I trust. And it can be the same with absolutely anything. And especially because I, I know they have shared values or shared worldviews to mine. If they say, hey, this is trash, or they say, hey, this is good, I know it can be relied on. You can't rely on much else besides people you know who think the same as you. That's case in point of why the war room is so important. We could go in the war room right now and need an opinion from 70, 80, like 70 countries. And you would get one not only from, like, from people on the ground, but people that you know you align with. And it's very important that people's souls align when looking at making a decision on a subject that you're not close to. Yeah, I got a super chat for Tig here. I'm actually going to read it out. But, but first, I want to read this one out because it was super cool. It said, hey... You and uh, your brother inspired me to have a family. I named my first child Emery. Bro, if you send me a message on Twitter, if you prove that, I'll uh, I'll set up a college fund for Emery. Like, I don't know who you are. 
I've never met you, but if you've genuinely named your first child Emery because we've inspired you to have a family, I am personally going to set up a college fund for Emery. So send me a message on uh, on Twitter, prove it to you, etc. I know your username. I'm not going to read it out loud here. That way, uh, it'll be easy or to uh, stop the scammers who are going to flood my inbox, no doubt, and pretend it was them. Uh, Tig, question for you. You, uh, Guy says, shout out to Tig. We had a great spar in Prague. You're a great coach and amazing guy. The question is, what, what do you do inside of the war room, or what do, you, what do you teach? Why was this guy sparring with you? Before we jump into that, we're talking about how to become a more high-value man. So whoever's listening right now, all of you listening right now, drop 20 push-ups. Push-ups are fucking free. <laughs> Get down there, pump out some push-ups, become stronger because you will always love yourself more because of it, and people will respect you more because of it. What do I do? I'm a coach. I'm a boxing coach, and that's what I do. I like to develop strong men and show them that anyone's capable of fighting like a pro. You don't have to become a pro, but every man should be able to learn the skills and fight like a pro. Hey, one thing I want to say to that guy that sent that message, keep the money, bro, but since we're here, I don't know if I've said this on the internet yet. but I didn't want to say it. Yep. I named my daughter Emery. So um, you want to talk about brotherhood. I would not have a family if it weren't for you two. I would not be able to see it the way I see it. And I really want to find a way to make fun of you or call you a name, but I can't. <laughs> so um, enjoy your college fund. I'll pay for my daughters. But I do know <laughs> I do know that if I die today, that the children and everybody important in my life will be taken care of. And that's the kind of friends that you want. Here's another one I think is for you, Justin. My stepfather is addicted to weed. I help him run his construction company. I'm his business partner, but his smoking is becoming harmful to him. How do I help him quit? I'm, I'm giving that one to you because you yeah, yourself run a construction company. Yeah, I've actually dealt with this. I had my, my dad would smoke weed with the guys on the crew, man. You got to cut ties, man. Either he's going to, either he's going to do it or, uh, or you're going to have to do it without him, man. And I, he, more than likely, he's a technician in the business. He probably has all the field experience, but you're going to just have to replace him. I hate to say it that way. And but, even even though he's your dad, I'll give you some experience based on my life. I don't know anything about construction. But even though he's your dad, I still think that men men understand each other on a primal level. And if you're going to sit there and try – I don't know who you are, and I don't know who your father is. But if you're going to sit there and try and tell your father what to do, you need to be a very impressive person. Mm. It's it's kind of amazing what what kind of advice you can give out when you're an impressive person versus the advice you can give when you're not. If you're overweight yourself or if you're lazy, if you're missing days at work, if you're barely turning up, if your dad thinks you're a shit worker, you can't sit there and tell him about anything about his life because he's not going to listen to you. So if you really want to have an impact on your dad, you need to be the kind of guy that can't be ignored. This is what's truly amazing about the masculine experience. I have so many people message me and I, I get thousands of emails a day and people are always looking for this hack or this cheat or this quick way to achieve something. You have to just become the man. There's no other way to really do a lot of things. But I guarantee if I were, your dad doesn't even know me, but I guarantee if I were to speak to him for 10 minutes because of the way I would articulate myself, because of the way I would express my opinion, because of who I am, because of my physicality, because of the car I'd turn up in, he'd probably be more likely to listen to me than you, his own son. Why? That's your fault. And that's something you've decided to be. It's a decision you've decided to make. And, and this is what I don't understand. I truly don't understand how most men don't wake up and think, shit, I'm not good enough. And I think you need that degree of uh, insecurity, I guess, and anxiety that's going to propel you towards the top because there's always more work to do. And you're competing against people like us who are out here to destroy you. And that's the reality of the game. Hey, Tate, recently at work, I got in trouble because I was accused of sexual harassment for telling a female employee off, even though I didn't do anything wrong. I'm okay but do you have any thoughts or suggestions to prevent this happening going forward? Uh, that's a, I mean, that's a hard one because we don't know the, the truth of the scenario. But True. You could be a sexual harasser. I'll tell you something, though. <laughs> I'll tell you something. It's, it, you could. He could be. I don't you know. could be an idiot. 
it's it's very rare in life that being likable is a downside it's very rare in life where being a likable person is going to go against you and there's so many people out here who think if they get to a certain kind of state my very best even with people i disagree with even with people i'm arguing with to make them like me towards the end of it they like me you should be more likable if this woman really liked you as a person i think you would have been able to give her a, a small correction in her action without her co accusing you of sexual harassment so yep. if you want to be a professional you need to sit and say why does this person dislike me enough to try and destroy my life and again, back to the same point, I know we're kind of beating the same thing in, but if you were that dude, you can take the same woman and take two different guys. They could tell that woman the same exact thing, and one will get a sexual harassment charge and the other one will get a phone number. That's right. So if you're that dude and you're likable and there's and you're witty and you have good people skills like Andrew's talking about, then more than likely you wouldn't even be in the situation in the first place. Yeah, yeah true. My crypto ledger got compromised for 115K last week. I'll come to the conclusion that God wanted me to suffer. How do I become a stronger man from this? Uh, you know, I got a question recently in my in my inbox of a guy whose brother had gambled away $2.4 million of the family family's inheritance. So his father had died, and his brother had gambled away $2.4 million. His brother's 48 years old, fat, slob, gambler. And he, this guy was at zero family's inheritance. So his father had died, and his brother had gambled away $2.4 million. His brother's 48 years old, fat, slob, gambler. And he, this guy was at zero. And I said to him, I said, you know what? God has given you an amazing opportunity via your brother. Your brother has given you an amazing opportunity because obviously your father was a great enough man to accumulate $2.4 million of money after taxes, by the way, that went to you. And the fact that he got rid of it is God showing you and, and offering you the chance to prove yourself and to make that money back by yourself. Now, obviously, if you have a family member like that, you know, you could cut someone off, don't do business with them, don't give them access to your bank accounts, but still love them. I mean, he's 48. Maybe he won't change in his ways. But you can still love someone and care about someone without completely cutting them off. You don't have to be cutthroat about it, you know? Just make sure he doesn't have your debit cards. Make sure he doesn't act, have access to your money. Uh, you've, had, you've had experiences like this, haven't you, Justin? People trying to screw you over for money in your own family? If you, I mean... Yeah, absolutely. I've had family do it and I still love them. And you just have to distance yourself from them. I'll tell you something I learned one time. I did this seminar once when I was early 20s. And, and the question was, there was a there was an exercise and the question was, rate your relationship with your mother one to 10. Mm. And everybody in the room that rated a 10 was because they went to lunch twice a week because they talked on the phone. Anybody that rated it bad was because they didn't have a lot of contact with them or whatever. The way you should re rate your relationships with other people is what is it that makes it a 10 out of 10 to you? And my answer at that time was a 10 out of 10 based off the exercise, because when I would show up, my, my parents respected me. I didn't talk to them as much because they had their own problems in their life, particularly my mother. But when I showed up in the room, she respected me enough to give all my siblings the heat, but would never come at me with the smoke. Mm. And so for that reason, it was a 10 out of 10. And even now, as, as, as sick as my mother is, bless her heart, my relationship were, with her is a 10 out of 10 because she's not there. You know what I'm saying? And, and I can just take that part of my life and move on. And so you have to look at your relationships with other people is what is the relationship with you? What do you want out of the relationship? And you can make it a 10 out of 10, even if it's loving them from a distance. And that's okay. Yeah, that's fantastic. And it's also there where you said, but she doesn't want to smoke. It kind of ties back into the point I made earlier about being likable. It's, it's, I'm going to go back to that sexual harassment guy. Cause I don't believe his story, but let's say his story is completely true. And let me ask you a question as a professional, if you were, if you were jacked, if you were in fantastic shape and you were an amazing dresser and you drove the best car in the company and you were funny and witty and charming and every time you saw that woman, you made her laugh and she smiled when she was around you. Would she have accused you of sexual harassment if you told her off the same way? 
No. So it's you have to take absolute and utter accountability in your life. That's for everything. For everything. It's all your fault. There's nobody else's fault. It's your fault. And I'm t- I, I was literally sitting in jail with a bullshit garbage case, which I know is all imaginary, saying this is my fault somehow. You have to find out. Otherwise, you don't get the lesson in it. The guy who had the 2.4 million gambled or the guy who lost 115 grand, that's your fault. Yeah. Good. What have you learned from it? Have you actually learned anything or are you just sitting there going, I wish I had it back? Because if you didn't learn anything, you lost it all for nothing, right? Yep. And if you did genuinely learn something, then you're going to change your life for it. Because I don't think most people can learn anything unless it's painful. I've never seen people learn lessons the easy way. When someone learns a lesson the easy way, you know what they think? They think, I got away with it. Yep. Over and over again until it eventually burns and stings them. And that's the only time they learn. Humans only learn the hard way. So when you finally get a hard lesson, fantastic. However you lost that 115 grand, I guarantee it won't happen again unless you're a dummy. You need to pay attention to it. So you need to be happy that these lessons come. You just have to make sure you ingest them and you don't allow them to happen to you again. Yep. And I'll add to that. One thing that's really important that keeps you in control is if you ever blame it on anything but yourself, you've now relinquished control of the situation, yep. which means you've given up the power to blame it on you. It will happen to you again, and it'll be your fault because you didn't take control. It will happen to you again, and it'll be your fault because you didn't take control of the situation. You know, what? Uh, five and a half, six years ago, I was invested in a crypto coin. I'd asked Andrew to withdraw some money to our bank accounts, invest in this crypto coin. I was very new to cryptocurrency. Long story short, for those who will understand the jargon, I had my private key in my email inbox. Uh, a virus scanned my computer, took it, and I lost 200 something thousand dollars, which six years ago was a lot of money to me. And I shrugged, said, Andrew, I fucked up. My bad. Move on. And uh, that, that kind of shit will never happen to me again. Andrew, my girlfriend lied about her body count while we were while we dated for a few months. She doesn't want to lose me, but now I found out that it's a lot higher than I originally thought. She wants me to give her another chance. What do I do? Yeah, dishonesty is a bad thing, but it's hard to it's hard to comment. I don't know how good or bad your relationship is. The fact that it started dishonestly is bad. I, honestly, it depends on, of course, how you found out as well. But you know. I, I people will probably notice I don't comment on dating and stuff as much as I used to. True. I actually think there's so much, there's so many things that are a better use of time than just endlessly fucking. Maybe I'm getting old and religious. I don't know. But when I see these dudes online talking about this girl, that girl, this girl, that girl, I think that is such a waste of time. I, I don't even like commenting on the whole subject anymore. I've kind of moved away from it. But if she makes you happy and she shows you respect and you truly believe she's the girl for you and she treats you the way a man should be treated and you're happy, then be happy. I mean, you just have to find out why she lied to you in the first place. Maybe she was insecure about it. Maybe she understood you'd judge her. Maybe it'll work. I don't know. But I don't comment on that whole space anymore because I think something I don't know, I don't know what's happened, but there are some guys on Twitter and some guys on, on YouTube, et cetera, that talk constantly about pickup and all these kind of things. Personally, I think I have so many important things to do. I don't have time to be endlessly sleeping with endless girls who barely know my name. I don't really give a shit about that stuff anymore. Well, I feel like because I see a lot of this online, of course, and when you see it, you know, you see dudes who are older than me by five, six, ten years, no children. My bad. Mr. Producer messed up. I'm Mr. Back. Producer messed up. So I see it all the time. You see dudes five, six, ten years older than me with no kids, no real family. No woman in their world who loves them, not even a close circle of friends, just going to countries in the world where women are more, uh, let's say, susceptible to uh, a Westerner like South America, just marching around all day, talking to them in bars, etc., having in this sex. I feel like it's a bit. What? Why are you doing this? I'm trying to make a serious point about because 
I can't say anything with this guy's on screen. Justin, make How could I say? No, no, there is no point. I'll leave the emergency meeting. Make, what the fuck is this? Make your point. No, because now you're officially making fun of me. You're officially making fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll bring it back. Fear, Mr. Producer. But yeah, can I start talking? Yeah, my, but, my, my, my point. I admit that he gave you the unicorn smoke. He gave me the unicorn smoke. I'll give him that. No, no, but my point, my point is this. There, there, there is actually so much more to life. And I'll even say, I don't apologize for anything I've ever said. And I never will. Because at the time, I thought it was a smart thing to say. But, you know, I've been on the internet a very long time. So when you hear me when I'm 25, 26, talk about, oh, I did this. I slept with that girl. I went here to this party. I slept with this celebrity. And I thought it was cool. Like, it, it seemed cool at 25. But. I want men to know that if you if you don't mature at, after a certain age and see, and see more to life than just out chasing women, then uh, I, I feel like you have and a mature, problem. And maturing doesn't mean not sleep with girls. That's not what it means. It no. means it means that make finding sure, value in different things, and and also making sure the girls genuinely care about you. I think once you become a high value man, the whole relationship flips right so a lot of these guys who are out there chasing girls are like ha, i got this girl ha, i got that girl and they feel like they're winning because the girl's so beautiful and they're such a dork that they feel like they pulled off some sort of victory but when you actually truly become a g you sit there and go well who won in this exchange who won me or her how hard would it be for me to find another girl like her and how hard would it be for her to find another man like me yeah, they got me they I win. Get them. they won and i still had to pay for dinner what was the point in all of this sex i can have sex anytime i want it, it, you yeah, a lot of the fun disappears and then you try and, well how do you rebalance that well you rebalance that by the woman actually being dedicated to you and in love with you and loyal to you and care about you i mean I, i'll tell you now when i was in jail the women who wrote me letters absolutely every day those are the ones I want to see. Those are the women I respect a lot yeah. more than a girl who's just hot and was like, oh, how was jail? OK, so, hey, are you OK now? Can I come over? Like the, things change as you grow up and you realize how important it is to have loyalty around you. I'll tell you another thing that happens that we were talking about this other day, not only maybe talking about that less, but we're talking about how we don't post stories when we fly private or we fly first class anymore because we've just done it so much. Yeah, it, it kind of dilutes it like you kind of over it. It's, it's kind of. <laughs> We're back. I'd I like think we're back. back live again. No, we are back. I'd like to add on to this. So a lot of you guys, I hate the girl topic because people are always complaining. Oh, I can't get this girl. What do I do with this girl? But what is the rest of your life looking like? I mean, is your health in order? Are you in shape? Can you fight these types of things? And more importantly, how many close guy friends do you have? I've had this saying that someone told me a long time ago that completely blew my, blew my mind. If you can get a bro, you can get a hoe. A lot of you guys don't even have guy friends. Let alone, let alone looking for anything else. Yeah, women are a fantastic side effect to unlimited success. Yeah. It's very difficult to do everything right all the time in all realms and be extremely successful in all the realms a man should be successful and then still end up lonely. I think that's almost impossible, I would argue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's basically extremely successful in all the realms a man should be successful and then still end up lonely. I think that's almost impossible, I would argue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's basically almost impossible. Like, I have to try very hard to Aikido chicks away from me. It's not the opposite. And... You also have to understand, man, I say this to people all the time and people laugh when I say it. I say, if you're watching this podcast as a man, when this finishes, when you've done the push-ups Tiggs told you to do, go look in the mirror and ask yourself a very simple question. If I was a girl, would I sleep with me? And the answer is probably no. Yep. Whose fault is that? Yep. You. Because she, she has all the choices in the world. She can choose anybody she wants. Why would she choose you? Are you really that funny and interesting and unique? Are your life stories really that cool? Tell me something you've done that nothing, no, one else, no other man's ever done. 
tell me something about you that's genuinely unique. And this is where a lot of my message gets confused and especially MSM and everyone who attacks me and all this garbage. I talk, I've been told like I talk quite pessimistically, but I try and explain to men, if you want to stand out, if you want to be different, if you want to be the kind of man who can talk about himself in a way and be discussed by females in a way that other men can't be discussed, you need to go through some bullshit. You're never going to become interesting and unique and the kind of man that can't be replicated through all the happy things in your life. You can't just go to the fucking circus and eat popcorn and come out and be a G. You're a G when you've suffered. That's the reality of it. Every single man you meet who people respect, both men and women, usually has a story that makes you think, ooh, I wouldn't want to be that guy. Ouch, that would have hurt. Yep. That was difficult. That's the reality of it. So We just went to jail. We just went to jail in Romania. For, like, then, for nothing. For nothing. And so when you tell me something like, oh, I lost 115 grand in crypto, I actually think that's a very soft story. Fine. But what have you at least learned from that? Can you at least tell the story in a compendious and interesting way? Can you even sit down and tell somebody that story in a way which is engaging enough for them to listen to you? Do you at least have a joke out of it? Most of these, most men can't even tell a story in a funny way, bro. Something will happen to them. They can't even repeat it in a way they don't want to listen to. What was the point of losing your money if you can't even tell anybody around the fucking table with some drinks and be fun about it? So what's the lessons here? You're boring. You can't talk. You're a dork. Those are the first three lessons you need to fix. Next is, why is that all the money you got? You're broke. How did it happen? You're stupid. You have a whole bunch of lessons you need to internalize, and that event could be the best event that ever happened to you to change you as a man to become the kind of person who doesn't give a shit about $115,000. You know the best way to fix that story is to come back with the story of how you fixed it and made twice the money back. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. But also you can make someone laugh when they when they do it. Right now, I lost 150 grand off the top of my head. Right now, Tig asks me, who is Armenian? How did you lose 150 grand? I'd be like, well, you know, Armenian hackers got me, but you know, Armenian women are hot. I didn't even get any nudes for the money. Like I've been pestering them, but like you don't, you can make it funny. You can laugh at yourself a bit if you're man enough to not bitch about it and not moan about it. I make jokes about being in jail. I was in jail for three months. I'm like, oh, Justin, I was in jail. Like, who? nobody wants to hear that. Me and I have a very good saying. What do you want, therapy? When people start moaning about things, oh, well, I was in jail. What do you want, therapy? Like, you're telling me in a sad way, what do you want me to do? Lay down on the couch and stroke your head? No, no, no. you got to get over it. So God gives you these chances to suffer so you can level up your character. But I'll often tell you, most of you people at home which are complaining that your life is difficult, I'll actually argue that most of your lives are too easy. Even, even though that God gives you these chances to level up and God gives you these difficulties, most most of you, 99% of you need to adopt more difficulty yourselves. I mean, you need to wake up and find more struggle yourself if you truly want to be a fierce competitor. I mean, you got to find pain. You, you, gotta find had, you had $115,000 up until seven years ago. You tell me that story, I have no sympathy. <laughs> oh, I had $150,000. I lost it. I was like, bro, I get mad if I lost a 20-pound note. Around the house, I'd be lifting up couch cushions and everything. Ooh, those were the good old days, Andrew. Those are the good old days. Absolutely. And this is where, again, it goes back to leveling up your character and your network and who you are as a man. You had that money in the bank. Your bills were obviously paid. Did you at least use that time to become fearsome? Did you at least use that time to become the kind of man who can wear a normal-ass T-shirt but still look like Hercules? Because if you yep. didn't, if you didn't, then you wasted the money anyway. That's exactly. This that's the kind of thing you should have been doing as bare minimum standard. That's bare minimum. Because right. now, now you're fat and out of shape, and you're broke. Yep. And I would argue you have an opportunity to be very, very, very happy. 
I was just as happy when I was broke because I felt happy climbing and trying to get somewhere. I had this vision of where I wanted to go. That shit should be fun to you. If you can't get excited about the man you're going to become, you're in deep, deep shit. That's the best motivation in the world. Yeah. And, and there's a sense of contentment that comes from doing the things you're supposed to do. It doesn't even, we, people say it's the journey, not the destination. That's true. But I wake up and I, if I have a day where I've worked as hard as I can, I've trained and done all the training I'm supposed to do. I've spoken to all the people I'm supposed to speak to. I've eaten right. I've done everything right. I feel happy just from doing the right things. You do the right things over and over again. You're going to end up in the right place. It's all building blocks. You should feel good from just doing the right things regardless. And you'll end up there on accident. Life is actually very easy to succeed in. And I, I get all the questions we've been asked so far today and all the questions we get asked in general are basically different versions of the same question. How do I achieve X? And the answer is always going to be hard work. It's always going to be the sentence and the saying I use over and over again that people think is a joke. Unmatched perspicacity and sheer indefatigability. The ability to pay attention, notice things, and never quit. That's all it is. Pay attention, notice things, and never give up. And if you do that, you're going to succeed. It is so easy to be successful in life. When I meet a person who's not successful, I have to analyze why did this guy decide to quit? What was more What was more interesting to him than being the man he could have been? Was it food? Was it that one chick who broke his heart and just ran him around for years? What was it that distracted him from his life purpose of being something that mattered? Weed, porn, garbage. And then, and then in the end, you only end up sad. All these temporary happinesses, they don't last long. You can have temporary happiness for what? A day? A week? You can eat cake. It'll make you happy for five minutes. If that, if that, you can't delay gratification to have genuine happiness. All genuine happiness has to be delayed. It has to be, you have to go through the pain first. You know, there was a saying in the 1970s that got banned because it doesn't really apply to men, but we can translate it a little bit. Supermodels used to say, nothing tastes as good as slim feels. And if you just ex extrapolate it into the male experience, it's very, very true. Jerking off lowers your testosterone level, lowers your muscle density, lowers your bone density eventually. And everyone's like looking for these instant gratifications, but there's no comparison. There's no feeling like being on top of the world. There's, there, there, there just isn't one. So that's the question. So anyone at home in the chat, I want you to tell us what you're doing right now in your life to adopt struggle on purpose. What are you doing that makes your life more difficult? And how is it you're going to benefit as a person once you've succeeded or once you've destroyed that challenge? I'd actually be interesting to see what people say. Now, Tig, you just got here, but I'm getting lots and lots of questions about this. But this is more for Andrew and Justin. I won't answer. I'll let you two chime in. What is Tucker Carlson like? Because Tucker Carlson was here at this house. I'll tell you when I knew Tucker Carlson was a G. <laughs> I mean, I've known for a long time, but I've known. But he 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 went past what I thought. We're in, the, we're in the hallway. He had just got there. He's like, guys, I got to take a leak. The bathroom was taken. I said, well, we've been pissing on that tree outside for a week. And he goes, perfect. And <laughs> ran outside and peed on tree. That's a true story. Fox News, 30 years. <laughs> he's like, where's the tree? G. Yeah, Bro, he's G. a G. Down to earth. Yeah, man. Down to earth. Easy to talk to. Smart. Real. Knows his, yeah. knows his shit. No, yeah, bro. Yeah. Inspired me. You know, the other day, I didn't tell you guys this the other day when y'all were sitting there talking about geopolitics and everything. Let me look. I can prove this right now. Terms. I have 41 terms I wrote down that I'm going to study from that conversation. Jesus. Bipartisan, bipartisan, bipartisanship. 
Yeah. Warren Buffett. Yeah. All, like, all this stuff. Yeah. Let's do DOJ. FBI versus DOJ. Yeah, all of it. So you were making notes during our conversation. Yeah. We're just sitting there listening to y'all talking. I'm writing it all down. I'm Googling it all on the plane ride on my way home because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get yourself around people that know a bit more than you and then dig into it so you can become better. And that's why, case in point, why to join the war room? Yeah. I, I had not traveled outside the United States very much before the war room. Yeah. I did 15 countries just last year. I have stories from all over the world that I would not have had otherwise if it weren't for the war room and the group of leveling me up, giving me more consciousness. And that's why you need to be working on your battle on the way up, but looking for more consciousness all the time. And you got to get around people like the people in the war room to find out what that consciousness might be uh, it, so you can have the next thing to work on. And I, I like that about you. It's about knowing yourself. And I, yeah. I know what I don't know. And I think that's a very important skill as a man. But yep. when it comes to geography and world travels, I'll, I'll say things like, oh, I was in Istanbul. And you'll be like, where? Where on a map is Istanbul? Yeah. And you'll make it up and show you. Yeah. You know, it's good to know what you don't know. And there's not a single friend that I have, whether it be you, you, Tig, Alex, Bailey. There's not a single friend I have that doesn't know things that I don't. Right. Because otherwise, why do you have a friend? I mean, I, this is a this is a conversation specific to a female, but I remember there was a, a woman I was dating a few years ago, and she said to me once, she said, Tristan, I like you loads. I, I really like hanging around with you because we have very interesting conversations. And I said to her, I said, no, we don't have very interesting conversations. I just tell you stuff. <laughs> it might it might be interesting to you. But you know why she likes you because of that? Because she no, feels course. like she's growing. And she was a very nice girl. And she feels like she's growing when she's around you. would I hang around with a man who doesn't know anything and can't tell me anything new. Would no. she listen to the same conversation from some nerd? No. So mm. it's not even just about what you say. It's who you are as a man. And that's the same with absolutely everything. It's the same with everything. The reason we all respect each other's opinions on so much is because we respect each other at a base level. So if you're not going to be the kind of man who's respectable on a base level, you have to decide to go through life with no opinion. This is what is monumentally mind-blowing to me when people say I lack motivation. How can you lack motivation to exist? If you don't have an opinion that anyone cares about, and if women don't want to sleep with you, and you're basically invisible, and you can't find any friends worth having, why do you even wake up? How can you lack motivation to be a person that even matters on the planet? <laughs> You'd rather just be a fucking ghost, a nobody? Yeah. Because yeah. what, the gym is hard? Isn't it harder to be a nobody your entire life than train a little bit? Yep. I, 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 it, it blows my mind. Well, I hit Tig up the other day, even Tig. We were in a... We were walking and there was a news report with a Russian accent, with a Russian flag, asking us things for the Russian news. I said, Tig, they're going to come at me again next time I go to court. What do I say? Everything will be revealed in time. So, like, I'll be like, yo, yo, Tig, how do I say this in Russian? And he kind of saved our life one time in Russia. I'm not even going to say exactly what happened, uh, but let's just say he almost saved our life. Yeah, that was in Ukraine. Ukraine. And Because everyone speaks happened. Russian in Odessa, certainly. Yep. And, uh, yeah, he saved us from a setup. Yep. And we were there to make sure that the setup didn't happen. And we were five moves ahead just because Tig had his ears open. And, and knowing Russian isn't enough, by the way. He could have been, you know, jacking off, talking, not listening, being perspicacious, as Andrew always says, saved us from walking into a setup in Ukraine. What, so, are, what are the people saying in the chat about how they're making their lives difficult on purpose? Super chats or the chat. Uh, people are spamming it right now in Russian, saying I'm doing 300 push-ups. Russian, Russian, Russian. I don't know what it means. Let me add on to this. First of all, <laughs> none of you motherfuckers have any excuses not to be leveling up right now. You have three top-tier 0.001% men here saying they every day they work hard, every day they're trying to learn, every day they're trying to get better. So what is your fucking excuse? You have none. So because of that, everyone listening right now, you can 
Multitask, 50 push-ups, go. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Tag me in the videos, by the way. Tag me on the videos on Twitter of you doing 50 push-ups. Yeah, we'd like to see that. You know what's actually kind of crazy? When uh, the MSM attacked me, they said that inside of Hustlers University, we have a fitness campus, and we teach people how to be stronger, and we encourage people to do push-ups, etc. I was actually attacked for that, which shows the Matrix itself is so desperate for men to be weak and stupid that even if you teach people to just train and work hard, they don't like that. They think that's somehow misogynistic yeah. and evil. Because yeah, that's how weak. That's how weak they want you to be. Because women should train and be in shape too. It's Everybody should. It's not a gendered argument, but they want you to be weak because it's impossible to build your body without building your mind, and they want you to have a weak mind so that you can be programmed into slavery. Chat is going way too fast. It's going way too fast. Way There's too fast. There's loads of super chats. I There's see loads of super out. chats. Okay. Thanks for everything you do. Top G. I have uh hey, I'm 21 years old. My mom left at 12. My dad is poor. I live alone and I pay the rent. I train every day. Um, I have no real family, no real friends. What do you advise me to do? I don't know if you train every day. If you're 21, you're training every day. Why haven't you made money fighting yet? How hard do you train? I don't like, Dave, you can talk to me about this. I think there's a huge difference between training and exercise. Let's talk <laughs> about the difference between training and exercise because yeah. they are very different things. I'll let you go. You hit a bag. Congratulations. You did a workout. Okay. Yeah. Are you actually training? Are you actually in between that studying the craft to actually compete and get better and be able to pull this out when someone's trying to attack you? Probably not. And on top of that, believe me, there's so many things you need to learn and you have no time. So you should be doing so much. I train. Okay. Maybe once a day. How many more times can you train during the day? How many more hills can you run? How many more push push-ups can you do? All that shit is free. Yep. Don't Absolutely. give me any excuse. Yeah, of course. And have you set a deadline? Have you said in three months time, I'm going to meet this guy in the ring and fight him? Because that's without the deadline, then, then there's no instinct. There's no incentive for you to truly push yourself beyond your limits. You need a deadline. You need to find a place where you put it all on the line. What was I saying earlier about men who are respected at some point did something dangerous? If it was guaranteed for you to win, then fighting wouldn't be respected. The reason it's respected is because you take the risk of losing. That's the whole point. But that's how it works with everything in life. If it's guaranteed to pull off, nobody's interested. You have to take that risk in the first place. That's the only way you get respect. Respect lies on the other side of fear. So if you're 21, you're saying you live alone, you pay the rent, blah, blah, blah. But I train every day. If you trained every day like I was training every day at 21, you'd be a world champion soon. So I would argue you don't even train. I'm not going to answer this one. I think this one is more for Tig and Justin because you probably experienced this. Hi, guys. I've, met, I've lost many friends, male and female, for supporting you guys. They're always, they're always trying to back up the lies and silence the truth. What do I do? Have you Quick. lost any friends from... Good. Now you'll find the best one. Like they just helped you out. They've gotten out of your life. Good. Now keep driving forward. Keep striving. And you'll find the one that fits you and you'll live a prosperous life. Anybody that thinks they have more than a handful of friends probably don't have any friends at all. Yeah, that's true. And so, any of your friends who are going to, any of your friends who are going to instantly adhere to the slave mind program, are going to be dangerous friends to have because right now it's about Andrew Tate being a bad guy. Okay, whatever. No big deal. But later it'll be about getting this injection or getting this vaccine or doing something you're not supposed to do. And they will be peer pressuring you. I don't know if you guys saw recently, rest rest in peace, there was the guy, was Joe Aesthetics? Joe, Joe Aesthetics, Joey something, yeah. And he had 8 million followers on Instagram, and he's 30 years old, and he just dropped dead. And he's on a lot of steroids, but he's saying that he got peer pressured into taking the vaccine. Four. Four times he got peer pressured into it, and now he's literally dead. So what did we talk earlier about peer pressure and how important it is for it to be pushing you in the correct direction? And I think that your friends as a man especially should be at least inspiring bravery in you. You should at least, when I'm with my guys, I feel brave. It doesn't mean I'm reckless. It doesn't mean I'm stupid, but I certainly feel brave because I know how competent they are and I know they have my back. So it's hard for my group, my friends to peer pressure me into an act which is guided by cowardice, like 
taking an injection, for example. That's cowardice. It's very hard for them to make me do something cowardly, but it's very easy for them to make me do something brave. Like say, yeah. fuck it, you're strong as an ox. Do some push-ups. Yeah. So you have to be very careful with the friends you have around you. If your friends are going to be so easily manipulatable that they're going to fall for everything the mainstream media says, I would say that you don't need friends like that. You need to find friends who are not like that. And then if you're sitting there and you find yourself lonely, that's because the kind of men who resist slave programming don't look at you and find you valuable. And once again, whose fault is that? That is completely and utterly your fault. It's amazing how much control and autonomy you have over your own life as a man. That's the most beautiful thing about it. I was talking to a girl the other day and she was absolutely and utterly gorgeous. And she said that, yeah, being a girl is easy. I love being a girl. And I said, I would hate an easy life. I yeah. think being a beautiful girl is easy. But to me, that sounds torturous. I can't imagine anything more mind-numbing and boring than being a super hot chick. Not to disrespect them. I'm just saying that I am so addicted and so accustomed to constant struggle and war that the idea of living without it is almost daunting to me because I don't see the point in being alive. What are you doing then? Waking up? Were you just smiling all day? Eating happy meals? Doing your makeup? Is that it? Where's the, where's the struggle? And this is from a man who's literally just got out of jail and is looking at a bunch more jail he doesn't deserve which is a struggle, both physical and mental. Yeah. And, and I'm sitting here going, yeah, my life has always been a struggle. It's all I've ever known. I can't imagine it being any other way. And, I, and I'm still not trying to change it. I'm not trying to retire and vanish and disappear and just live easy. It's not something I'm even interested in. It doesn't even cross my mind. Once you adopt that mindset, how can you not be successful? I have to train because if I don't, I feel too guilty to sleep. I feel dirty. I feel terrible inside if I don't train. Once you get that mindset, how, how can you lack motivation? Motivation is free and unlimited. It's discipline and purpose is more important. I believe that's when you whooped it. When when you can get to the point where it bothers you not to train, that's really, really when you, you really have started to make progress towards doing it. Are you trained two days ago saying openly, I feel like shit? Yep. Your hands were busted up from sparring. And it even made me feel so bad that I came and then fucking Amir's kicking me in the leg and he's like hitting a wall. It was horrible. I was going to throw up on him. Seriously. Yeah. He was stepping on my foot and punching me in the solar plate. It, it was trash. It was fucking trash. Yeah. And just before that, I had Tig come in for a whole week and he made me box for six hours a day. Yeah. Six hours. They flew him across the country and it was just all day long. And, and I told Tig this. It was the best week I had all year. And, and there was more pain in that week than I'd had all year. Yeah, the best times in your life come at the end of something horrible. That's this. That's the truth of that's the truth of manhood. That's like right now, been. being free of jail with our friends around us, drinking whiskey, talking to our guys on Rumble. Like this, this is an enjoyable experience. You have no idea. You have no idea. This is not a job to me anymore. Never was. Yeah. But after what I've been through, this is amazing. This is kind of bridging on what you guys say. I can chime in a little bit. Tips. I'm 21. Chips to ch tips to find a high value beautiful girl. Blah blah blah. I'm 21. I need a high value beautiful girl. Oh, no, you are, don't. are high value beautiful girls hitting you up? No, then you've done something wrong. Or no, 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 you haven't, you haven't done, done something anything. wrong. You haven't done, yeah. you haven't done anything. anything. You haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. But you haven't done anything. As a man, you have to build yourself up. And when you build yourself up to a certain level, you can find the girl who you want. The girl with the low body count who's beautiful and smart and wants to marry and wants to have kids. You can find her. But the fact that you can't find her at 21 means you got three years of work to do. Maybe you could find her at 24. This is exactly what Andrew says. Do women want to be around you? Do men want to be around you? Do friends want to be around you? Do people want to be around you? The fact that you think you have to go out and search for these people is, is, a, complete, is a bad attitude. I'm completely against chasing women in general, but particularly in your 20s. You should be just giving your 20s up to everything you can do to, no. to, to be better. And then women are just going to see that and jump in front of you. I did waste a lot of time in my 20s chasing women, but I also put a lot of work in. 
Yeah. I put a lot of work in. But I would almost argue that those women came to you. They saw you and they're like, yeah, that guy. Because they saw you training. They saw you getting better. Yeah. I, I will you know? I will confirm one thing to the world. And that is there. There are truly, as much as we complain about society, there are truly unlimited good women out there. Yep. The, unlimited. Any, anyone who's complaining saying women are trash, they are just, uh, they are showing their own inadequacy yep. because because women are a reflection of men. They're a fantastic yep. mirror. A woman will be fantastic for a fantastic man and she'll be terrible to a terrible man. Yep. And same I can woman. say same woman, the same, same woman, woman can be a different person for the man she's with. And I can sit here and say that when you truly have your stuff in order, the amount of good hearted women out there is literally unlimited. If you're suffering to find a good woman who truly cares about you and is going to be loyal to you and take care of you and respect you, then that is your problem and your fault. Because if you were anyone else, let's say you were me, you would have thousands begging. And this is to, this is the reality. They have a choice. So I don't know who you are. I don't know what you look like. But I guarantee if a picture of you were to appear on the screen right now, it would all be very obvious as to why you can't find no pussy. I'd look at you and go, okay, because you're a geek. <laughs> no, but it, that's the truth. I'd, I'd look at you and think, well, Sadly. you're a geek. I'd either think you're a geek or I think I could definitely rip your throat out. So whose fault is that? That's your problem. Yeah. Yeah, I should look at you and be like, mm, maybe that would be difficult. Maybe and, I wouldn't be able to rip his And the off. thing about being a man is this. When you have good friends, at least when you have honest friends, they should be able to tell you that. If you're sitting around a bunch of geeks being like, oh, women are bad, women are bad. But if you're a man, you can tell your friends you need to work on this, you need to work on that. So, Andrew, women don't like you because you're a geek. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, Tristan. I, I, I accept that. You're right. Next, super I, chat. I heard you didn't meet a single woman in January, February, and March of this year. What's the next super chat? <laughs> the next super chat is, um, hey, uh, everyone's asking about Nigel Farage being banned from banks. I know you guys have been similar. Andrew, do you want to talk a little bit talk about being banned from... Fuck you. <laughs> I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> I'm sick of this shit. You see what I insult you? I thought, oh, was that mean to insult Andrew? Look at this shit. What are you doing? Don't mess with Mr. Producer. Yeah, so he got me. All dissidents will be crushed, right? So dissidents will be crushed, and I don't think the world's going to get any easier. I don't want to get too political, but unfortunately, now just being any kind of man which is remotely masculine is an act of defiance against the system. Because when you're a man who's masculine, you have boundaries and you say no to things, and they don't want men who say no to anything. So what happened to me, nobody was interested, and now it's happening to other people who are slightly less controversial, and now they seem to panic and don't understand why. There's a very famous saying of a man during Nazi Germany. Yeah. I think he said, "What did he say?" The first, first they came for the first they came for the um, disabled. Uh, yeah, and I said nothing because I was not disabled. Then it's next they came for the trade unionists. I didn't say nothing because I wasn't a trade unionist. Then they came for the Masons. I didn't say anything because I wasn't a Mason. Then they came for the Jews. I didn't say anything because I was a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak up. And I that's how that's it works, right? So. There has to be a degree of resistance in you. And also, anti-fragility is going to always come from your network. I mean, look at what they put me and Tristan through. It's the biggest matrix attack which possibly exists, their biggest bullet. And, and still, here we still are. We're surviving because of our network and because of our friends and because of who we know. I could never work a day for the rest of my life. I know that the two men beside me would pay, would pay for me. I wouldn't starve. For yeah. the rest of my human me life, me and my kids would have food, and that's and that's a very and that's a very comforting thought. But the only way you get that kind of comfort is to know is for the man who's providing for you to know you'd also do the same back. Life's reciprocal. Can I say something? It would burn my soul to, to think that I couldn't afford to take care of y'all's kids. Yeah, like it, I would feel like I have failed. Yeah, not not even being ready for it as it came. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. Any more super testing? Oh, yeah, there's a few. Uh, hunting and shooting animals. What's your opinion? I'm just going to throw this one out here. 
because they've got a cowboy in the building. And Tig probably hunts and shoots a few animals and damn self. So hunting and shooting animals, is it wrong? It's a tradition from my country, but people look down on me for it. I had a whole conversation with somebody today about this. With my mother, I think. Yeah, with your mom. I was sitting there out there talking to your mom. And I say, all these people, all these PETA people, they get all mad and stuff like that. But if mass production of food went away, they would be begging you, please, please go kill something so we can eat. Yeah. These fucking cowards talking about eating bugs and shit like that. I, I'm a big believer. I, I, one thing I, I said to Andrew yesterday is that I'm now at a place financially. I'm going to start hunting again, not only because I have the time and, and the money to do it, because, hey, you don't know where the world's going. And if you want real grass fed, I can whoop Whole Foods ass with a deer. Yeah. So news flash for you. If it's brown, it's down. <laughs> can you explain to me what that means? Because yes. there's a lot of people who won't understand exactly what that means. Yeah. So me and Tristan are having a conversation about two years ago. And he's like, Justin, when you go deer hunting, do you kill deer with these big racks and stuff like you see on the thing? I said, buddy, let me tell you something. Where we went hunting, there were no deer with big racks. If it walked out... It meant meat, which meant food. So if it's brown, it's down. And so, then, then I made a joke about you saying, yeah, you probably shot and ate squirrels too. And you're like, yeah, I yeah, love squirrels. I love squirrels. Squirrel and squirrels gra and gravy. You see why I wouldn't like the South? Girls in cowboy boots instead of high heels. No, no, no. Give me high heels any day of the week. Yeehaw. You can take me on a, t on a trip to the South. so good, love. Kill <laughs> Aiden Ross could not sit on this table. Andrew, admit it. He's your friend. Imagine that dork sitting with you four. What do you have to say from Captain Lolando? Well, I feel like I have a uh, uh, responsibility to try my best to bring out the best in Aiden. But everything I'm encouraging him to do are the things I was talking about earlier in the stream about struggle and work hard and train. He's a very fortunate young man who's made a lot of money early, which is great, but that can also destroy you. Money's handicap. an amplifier. It's a handicap. Yeah, it's a handicap because money's an amplifier. Money won't change who you are, it'll only amplify who you are. I'm not top G or whatever. I'm not the man because I'm rich. I was, I'm the man because I was the man when I was poor, and then I became rich. Mm -hmm. If you're a dork and you get rich, you're just a very rich dork. It makes you a lot worse. So I feel like, especially a lot of you out there, a lot of you are desperate to make money. Money can be the worst thing that happened to a lot of men because it's going to amplify who you are, and who you are isn't fantastic and impressive. You just become a target. You become a robbery target. You become a target for gold diggers. You just become a target overall. So if you manage to come into a lot of money quickly, you should panic and think, I'm not worthy of this money. I'm not man enough to be this rich. You need to become strong fast. You need to go through some hardship quickly. You need to go through some stuff. Can I Can I, Can I? I actually jump on one term you said, gold digger? Because I actually don't like the term gold digger. You wouldn't become a, a target for a gold digger. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a gold digger in the way that if you're a woman, you want a rich, successful man. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I don't look down on women like that. What you become a target for are female hustlers. We're talking girls who have boyfriends who are broke, thinking I'm going to take this young man's monkey money. branch. Yeah, that's a yeah. that's a that's a whole different thing. Female hustlers, I'd say. But gold diggers, also, I don't like the term. This is also a good time to dispel uh, something that a lot of people believe is that money is the reason you can get women. I had plenty of women when I had no money. Yeah, because I was already like that dude. Yep. You know, and so for all you guys out there that think you don't have women because you're not rich, don't let that handicap you from doing the work you should do in all the other categories. Because not all my friends are rich. No. And I can name drop. I have friends who are in great shape, smart, working hard, younger than me, doing well, and women love them. Yep. Women love them. They're not 100%. millionaire status or multimillionaire status. Yep. Women love them. Why? Yep. Because they're go-getters. The only they're thing they the inspire. And like, because it's exciting, but yeah. you can easily do without that if you take a lot of other boxes. So yeah, the idea that you need to have money to get girls, I wouldn't say is true. I would say that the way the world's changed, especially, it, it's certainly a statement. 
And that all ties back into the things we're saying earlier today. It's easy to be respected by other men if you're not a coward. And that all ties back into the things we're saying earlier today. It's easy to be respected by other men if you're not a coward. I don't think any man respects a coward at the end of the day. I mean, I'll tell you right now, to this to this day, there are people I don't speak to and will not speak to again because of how they reacted to the COVID vaccine garbage. I will not speak to you. You are a coward. When push comes to solve, I know you're a bitch, so I won't talk to you. Because and push comes to shove at random times. Push, comes to, push to comes to shove is life. Yeah. And it's come to shove lots of times with me and you. And have I ever, ever, ever been a coward? Never. We're ever. Not, that's not who we are. So I, I can't forgive that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, you have to be the kind of man who's worthy of respecting. And if men respect you, women are going to respect you by extension. We're going to so, do three or four more questions. And yeah, well, go. first of all, Churro311 says, Tig, can, I don't think you can actually speak Russian. So can you insult Churro311 in Russian, please, first and foremost? Suka, блядь, конечно, по-русски говорю. Слушай внимательно. <laughs> all right. I don't know what you said, but that I believe it. But I think he called you a pussy. Suka, блядь, I understand that. Everyone understands that if you, if you hang around any Russian people. Uh, Andrew, quickly, this is a, a good super chat because the, it means a lot to him. Can you tell my brother Elvis to get on off his ass? I'm recording. How, what I need to know uh, the other brother. Can name. you? T- I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Can you tell my brother Elvis to get the fuck off his ass, please? And what he gave a, name and he gave a good. So he gave a good donation to take place. Elvis, I strongly recommend you do not get off your ass. I strongly recommend you do not listen to your brother. I think you should stay a loser because for there to be winners, there must be losers. And people like me need people like you to clean our cars and give us our burgers and to laugh at when we're sitting around with our very important friends. So please stay doing exactly what you're doing because the lower echelon of man will always be required for my satisfaction. In fact, and some, your, his brother's Kevin and your brother Kevin's going to be a winner, too. Your brother Kevin and I will be somewhere important and we can talk about how much of a fuck up you are. So enjoy. That was good. That was very good. Thank you. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> no, but it, no, but it's true. And that's actually a very important point. You can't have winners without losers. You can't have light without dark. When people sit and say to me, oh, I struggle with motivation and I struggle to work hard, Andrew, and I want to be strong and rich. I just sit there and think, I'm glad you're a fuck up. I'm not that interested in fixing you because if you're not interested in fixing yourself, why would I care? Stay a loser. Stay an idiot so I can laugh at you. That's not. There's nothing better than me being able to say, ha, 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 I have shit he doesn't have. Everything is relative in life. The only reason people want Ferraris is not to drive fast. It's because most people can't afford Ferraris. If Ferraris were everywhere, nobody would want them. So when I see a guy who goes, oh, I struggle to work hard and I'm a loser, I say, good. We need the loser class. People like you need to exist so people like me can be, feel important and be important and be your superior. Because as a man, what's the point of waking up if you don't feel better than everybody around you? I don't, I don't know how these people wake up and just feel like Joe Schmo. How? Let me ask you guys on this panel a question. This is a genuine question. How do you have a girlfriend and not be an insecure piece of shit if you're a normal dude? Well, well Gen- no, I want genuine answers to this question. You're you're a normal guy. You don't try that hard, and you have a girlfriend, and you know that there's men like us out there. How do you how do you exist without constant paranoia? Well, I'm let gonna, me hear it. I'm going to try to put myself in their mindset for a minute because my my answer is obviously speaking as me, and speaking as me, I would say that. If you're a nor if, if you're a normal dude, a normal dude could take your girls. You have to understand everyone is the competition out there. I know that there's very few competitors in the world out there. Most of them are sitting at this table would never even touch my girl or look at my girl. But um, I'm going to share a story about a year and a half ago. I hadn't trained for three or four months because I'd ripped my bicep off while boxing. Tig was there. Oh, Tig, did I not finish the, the next three rounds? Absolutely. You and did. when we were drinking later that night when my arm had fallen off and you challenged me to do 10 push ups, did I not do the 10 push ups? 
Whew. Yes, you did. Okay, yes, so, did. but I didn't train for months. I had the bicep surgery, waited a month, had the shoulder surgery. I was in the worst shape of my life. Even me, I was the top 1% of the top 1% income-wise. I'm still six foot four. I'm still smart, charming, funny, intellectual. I looked in the mirror while I was making love to my girlfriend. I'll be perfectly honest. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll tell some personal details here. And I was looking because the, the wardrobes are all mirrored, and I thought, Jesus, I look terrible. I need to get back into shape. I need to put in a better I need to put in some better work here. And I, even being myself, thought, and by the way, I wasn't like obese, by the way. I thought I need to level up. So I genuinely, Andrew, and this is gonna sound like a cop out, I cannot understand being in what because most men are in worse shape than I was after that surgery, on average. They're poor, less intelligent, less charming, less funny, have less to offer, boring lifestyle, etc. I don't understand how you can have a girl and think, oh, well, she's definitely going to be got to be happy with me. You know, people will call us misogynists and they'll say that we are uh, we have a negative view of women. I have a very positive view of women, and I think women deserve the world. I really do. If you're a high value woman and you're beautiful and you're kind and you're loving and you're caring and you're all of the things that a man wants, you deserve the world. I'm not saying I deserve you. You need, to, you need to get with a guy like me. But the boyfriend that you're with needs to at least be trying. This is a message to all the women out there. The boyfriend that you have, the man that you're dating, the man that you're, you're sleeping with in bed needs to at least be trying to be the best version of himself for you. Now, you can call me misogynistic if you want, but I think that's a, a very true fact. So, Justin, you're an average man. What do you do? How do you have a girlfriend without being insecure? I don't think it's possible. I genuinely don't. I think those are the guys that will put bullshit like, oh, I sent flowers or, oh, I committed or, oh, I didn't sleep around or I didn't do. They, they cope and, and hope that guilt or something like that's going to get her, man. But if, if I were a guy that was average, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night, bro. Tell me I, I, I could not sleep at night. So, no, no. so question two, how do you sleep at night, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> not knowing what we know. And, and maybe there's a maybe there's a huge degree of arrogance to it. Maybe if you're a normal dude, you're right. You say, well, I did all the right things. And, you know, and all those other guys out there like the Tates and Justin and Tig, they're Pieces all. Of shit. I they're, never. They're, yeah, they're arrogant. I'm not arrogant, so I'll be okay. Some delusional some delusional weird self view where they feel like being nice is enough. Yeah. And unfortunately it's not because nice isn't competence and competence is what's respected in the brutal realities of the world, especially by women. And they look for the competent men. And I'm, if you're an average man out there, you have two choices. Either you're going to be stupid and dumb and you're going to believe that she's going to stay with you forever. And you're going to end up getting wrecked and heartbroken on a level that most men never have to suffer and be genuinely suicidal. Or you're going to be constantly anxious and paranoid, understanding the brutal reality that if your girl runs into any of us in the mall, it's over. Yeah. And now, do you want to live that life? No. No, and you have to take responsibility for it because I've seen this happen. I've seen girls come to me and then they'll get messages from their ex-boyfriend. Oh, he's a piece of shit. How could you do this? And she's like, smiley face, because she knows everything I do, even though he could never get away with it. And instead of taking responsibility himself, he tries to call me a bad person. Yep. yep. And that's the biggest mistake you can make. If, you, if you're an average guy and you lose your girl, the best thing you could possibly do is blame it on yourself and understand that if you don't change and if you don't level up and become that dude, you will lose your next girl to the same type of guy. Absolutely right. Any more, Tree? Tig? No, I guess Tig has to answer the question next. Yes. You're an average dude. Speaking of average, average, here's an average guy. What's the question? If you're an average guy, how do you have a girlfriend without being brutally paranoid? First of all, effort is attractive regardless of if you're male or female. So if you are not putting forward any sort of effort at all, 
I don't know how she finds you attractive to begin with. Sure. Second of all, you're in this comfort zone right now. You're comfortable. Oh, things are okay. She loves me for who I am, blah, blah, blah. That's going to end someday, my friend. You better be working hard towards other things. Yeah. And if you don't, that sad day is going to come and reality is going to bite you in the ass. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. I am going to cover this. There's too many super chats not to cover. So I'm going to cover a few. Hey, Andrew, are you going to drink again when this case is over? Hey, Andrew, this. And the next question, the follow up, I'm going to read a few super chats at the same time is, hey, Andrew, how do you think Islam has benefited your life, etc.? This is this question. You have a lot of Muslim friends, a lot of guys out there. This is for you because okay. it is being asked a lot. I don't, I don't want to be an Islamic scholar, but I think that you're any, not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to try and be either, and I'm not going to try and convince anybody to adopt uh, the religion that I've adopted. I'm not here to convince the world to do anything. However, I think discipline is always a fantastic thing. And if you find a framework which instills discipline inside of you and instills gratefulness inside of you, I think that's a good thing. I think most people can agree that being disciplined and being grateful is going to benefit your life. Damn right. So we can say that that alone is enough for me to be very happy with my reversion. As for drinking, it's interesting. I decided to quit drinking before I actually reverted to That is true. I decided to quit drinking before that. And I'm not entirely sure why. I'm self-analyzing as to why I woke up one day and said I'm going to stop. I don't know what it is. But I'm not saying I'm never going to drink again. I don't know. We're going to see what happens. But life is uh, ever-changing, and it's the most adaptable that survives. And perhaps one day, for my health and safety with these crazy people around, I might need a gin and tonic. So we're going to see what happens. But it's been a long time without a drink. So You know, and I think that – and I'm, I'm going to chime in a little bit on your reversion and your religious uh, attitude right now. Um, every time you do any kind of podcast, they'll name one thing you do. Like for the fact there's there's Johnny Walker on this podcast. You're not drinking it. But I want to say to all the Muslims out there in the world, look, since getting out of jail, I've read four books about Islam. There's uh, great scholars who I stay in contact, uh, like like Faris, of course, who's a good friend of ours, who tries to help and coach you uh, in your journey, tries to help and coach me in my knowledge. I don't think that if you are a Muslim watching every podcast Andrew does and attacking him for haram things like his friend Justin Waller drinking whiskey next to him is a, is a, is a good thing to That's do. That's a free workout. Because, because I... Because you have to understand, for me, and here's my thoughts, and if there are any scholars in the chat, please correct me. I have seen, personally, how hard Andrew has worked. I have seen. He will sit and we'll have discussions about his faith. He's learning new things every single day. He's reading. And I haven't seen you pick up a book in a very long time. So he's he's reading. Uh, you gave up alcohol. He gave up a lot of things that people consider haram. And as your brother, it upsets me. So I'm going to tell all you Muslim trolls, because that's what you are, trolls. To go fuck yourselves quite clearly because what you're doing is it's like a man trying to learn your language if i started learning russian tomorrow tig would be like no you made this grammatical error you made this mistake you know you spelt this wrong you know you're, you're learning but you know do this correctly because you are trying to be a russian speaker he wouldn't say ha, 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 you're a fucking idiot you're not a real russian speaker leave andrew alone because i see how hard he's trying as his brother so let's just leave the islam question at that, because there are hundreds and hundreds of questions, because you've got a bunch of Muslim fans in the world. And I appreciate you all, because you wrote me letters in jail. So thank you very much. Um, were we moving on somewhere else, or do you want more yeah, Super Chats? Last, yeah, Super Chats. Oh, Super Chats. Super Chat Show. Okay. Um, remaining separated from the world as a... No, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. One sec. I've, I've got so many Super don't Chats. Worry, I'll me. fill the time while you find a Super Chat. Don't, no, don't do it. Because I, I will not look for Super Chats. You will. I will stop looking. I'm going to stop looking. Just name the Super Chats. You got the laptop, man. Uh, okay. I pay the bills. I hustle all day. I don't sleep. I cook and clean. I'm trying to get him to go to the gym. This is a girl by the looks of things. How do I make him believe he is capable of great things? 
So is the girl okay? Don't do this! It's done. Quit it's it! Too late. No, it's not done! All right, it's over. Just stop it. I will leave the podcast. Justin Tig, I'm sorry. I'm going to leave if he does that to me again. Don't make me do it. Don't say uh, that. Don't say that because I'll do it. Because I will leave. Anyway, what's right, the question? A, a, what? A girl. I pay all the bills. I hustle and clean all day. No sleep. I cook and clean. I'm trying to get him to go to the gym and train with me. How do I make him believe he's capable of great things? My answer, my answer would be he isn't. But Andrew, yeah. actually, Tig, Tig, we haven't heard enough from you. Leave this his is, ass. That'll wake him up pretty yeah. quickly. Straight up, you you want to believe in the best in people, but when they talk about the concept of tough love, they don't realize that it's not tough on that person. It's tough on you because you have to make that hard choice. And honestly speaking, maybe you should just give him a wake-up call like that. Yeah, I agree with Tig. You should leave him. I'll give Andrew some credit here. Uh, a lot of men have men's groups, right? And I've heard it said that they're trying to mold men that are made out of clay when Andrew just picks granite and carves it. Mm. And so if you're 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 not going to push a rope or, or make him become something he's not. And I feel like I've wasted a lot of time in my life, particularly with employees, trying to turn them into something they're not when I could have just found somebody that was made out of granite in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the interesting thing is the answer that both Tig and Justin gave that you should just leave him. Even if you don't realize you're going to do that yet, you probably are. Yep. You're going to do, do it naturally. As a girl, if you're training and you're being more dedicated than your man, more disciplined than your man, you're going to look better than your man. You're going to become out of your man's league. You're going to be getting hit on constantly. You're going to end up leaving him. And if he is too stupid to know that or smart enough to know that but too lazy to do anything about it, then he doesn't deserve you. So you're already going to do the right thing on a long enough time frame. No matter how much you may love him and want to drag him up, etc. I'll tell you something. Women get bored of that game very quickly. They get bored of it. And you it's, sound bored already. You're watching us for literally, you know, like imagine any of us for ask you out on a date to talk. We just want to talk. Coffee. Come talk to just us. Coffee. Let's just have coffee. How long would you be with the guy? It'd be over. Dumb. So it's, it's a matter of time until you leave him anyway. And, it's kind of interesting. I've had some girls say some really interesting things to me. I had a girl say to me once, you know, with my ex, I was trying to always get him to be a better person. I was trying to motivate him to work hard, trying to make sure that he trained and didn't play too many video games, etc. But you know what I like about being with you? And I was like, what? She goes, when I'm with you, I can just turn my brain off. I said, like, what does that mean? She goes, things just happen. I don't know how we get places. I don't know how it's paid for. I don't know where we are. I don't know why you got a different car outside. You drove here in a Ferrari. You went trafficker. You drove here in a Ferrari. We went to sleep and woke up in this dungeon. Yeah, but go. That's a good point. Go, 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 We drove here in a Ferrari. We went to sleep, woke up. There's a Lamborghini outside. I don't know how a private jet is booked. I don't know how much a yacht costs. I don't know where. Like, I get to just turn my brain off and go on an adventure. I don't have to think. I just have to be. And I think you get the best out of a woman when she's not thinking, when she's simply being. The feminine frame is often just being. This is when they laugh and smile at butterflies and they're constantly happy and they're always a positive energy in your life and they don't have to worry or think. A woman who has to constantly worry and think about her man, eventually when she meets a man who doesn't give her that kind of stress, she's going to love the idea of being with a man and not having to worry about it. And and when you're truly a G, when you're truly about it, you need your woman for emotional support and protecting your spirit and making you happy. But you don't need her to motivate you. I don't need any girl on earth to tell me to make money. In fact, the, the only thing I ever get from women is, why do you why do you work? You have so much money. Right. So it's it's amazing. The kind of man out there who has his woman constantly trying to motivate him and bring out the best of him. If you're not smart enough to know where that's going to lead, 
You deserve the heartbreak you're going to get. And when you get that heartbreak, like Justin said, if you're not self-reflective enough to realize that it's completely your fault, then you deserve for it to happen again. You can prevent all of these bad things from happening to you. Prevention is so much easier than trying to deal with it once it's already happened. And you can do all of that by just simply getting up and being a man worth So leave his ass. And also, also leave his ass, and even if you don't mean it, see if it wakes him up, for real. Even if you're not going to go jump in another guy's bed, good, don't. Leave him for a month. See how see how it changes him. This is a very important question coming up next. Good super chat. Because Tig's on the panel. I'm not, I'm not making digs. I honestly mean this. Tig, how tall are you in feet, feet and inches? Next to you motherfuckers, I'm five foot. But... I know, but, but how tall are you actually? Because this question's about height. What are you, a cop? You're asking me all these questions. What's my profile? What's this? I'm 5'9". Hey, Andrew. I get height insecurity. I'm five foot five. I'm 18. I hate it. I feel I'm disrespected all the time. Um, I can't control this. Is there is limb lengthening surgery the only option? Right. I'm going to chime in for a second. Then I'm going to chime in. Then I'm going to tag Tig in afterwards. Let me tell you something about being the man. Tig is the man. He's five foot nine. I don't, I've never once asked to Tig his height ever until just now because your question popped up. You ever throwing hands with Tig? He'll punch you in the face. Doesn't matter if you're six foot four like I am. He will hit you square in the face. You'll sit and have conversations and he'll intellectually outwit you and everyone at the table about certain subjects. Height is one of the coping mechanisms that short people, short losers use when they want to justify being a loser. Oh, I'm five foot five, do I need to be taller because, but you think I have what I have because of height? And I know it's very easy as a six foot four person to say that, that's why I'm bringing this up. Because I have never thought about Tig's height. If someone were to say, describe Tig, I would name 10 or 20 positive attributes that he has. I would never say, well, he's five foot nine, he's shorter than me. So this guy's got height insecurity and wants limb lengthening surgery. Tig, what do you say? All right, listen to me, short kings. First of all, (laughs) you got so many other things going wrong right now in your life. Probably your height has nothing to do with it. Exactly. I understand some chicks are going to be like, oh, I need a guy that's six foot. I want this. I want that. I want this. But how many other things in your life are you actually fixing? And I'm a big proponent, obviously, combat arts, pushing, boxing, becoming the best self you can because it's such such a good medium to actually grow your human potential. But I always tell people, become more than a boxer. Don't just be the guy going to the gym. Don't just be the guy that's really good at fighting. Just walk around sizing dudes up. Become more than just a boxer. Get your health right. Get your ability to fight right, absolutely. But get your right brothers around you. Start learning how to make money. Start surrounding yourself with that. And the females will come, bro. It has nothing to do with your height. Yeah. Justin or me? Either of you. You want to talk? (laughs) If you have a disadvantage, no matter what it is, we all have disadvantages. We all have disadvantages, including me. Tristan's got a tiny penis. Tiny, (laughs) tiny, tiny. tiny. Well, well, Justin's gay for looking. (laughs) (laughs) Peter (laughs) Gazer. If you've got a disadvantage, no matter what it is, all it should be is all it should do is inspire you and push you to work even harder. Right. So I'm saying that you need to become a stall. I'm the guy. I'm sitting here online saying you need to become a charming, smart, interesting, rich man. And you're saying, ah, but I'm short. And my answer would be, well, then it's even more important that you become a charming, interesting, rich, smart man. It's even more important. No matter what you're – if you're ugly, it's very important you become a charming, rich, smart – it doesn't matter what the disadvantage is. The right move to make is always the right move to make. And if you're going to self-obsess over it, then girls are going to obsess over it. You need to stop thinking about it. Stop worrying about it. You need to try and be your best self. Work your ass off, and I guarantee if you get your entire life in order, nobody's going to be judging you purely based on your height because you're too yeah. important. How old, how tall is fucking Jeff Bezos? I don't even know. Mike, Tyson, just, Mike Tyson's shorter than me. Stands on his wallet, bro. Yeah, who cares? We don't even know how tall these people are. They run the world. So I don't, I think Vladimir, how tall is Vladimir Putin? 
Short king. Jump. This guy's literally running Earth. So you're sitting here self-obsessing, and what you're going to do is you're going to use it as an excuse for failure, when really you should be using it as unlimited motivation to try harder and harder. Yep. I'll tell you something that I heard in the war room. Big shout out to Iggy. Um, he said something I'll never forget in my first month in the war room. There's a guy who's very, very beanpole skinny. And he was talking, he was talking about, I'm skinny. I have this certain body type and all this other stuff. And Iggy came in the halls and he said, you're not skinny. You're rock star thin. Own it fully. Completely. And it's that confidence that you bring to the table as you're progressing in everything else. Yeah. Maybe you do have a disadvantage, but bro, if you can flip it and, and fix everything else, you go from being short, you know, to, you know, the biggest man you can possibly be if you just flip your relationship with the subject, man, and handle everything else. Everything just, just, Justin is, in fact, a ginger. I don't know a single woman who's ever – I don't know a single woman who's ever looked at him and said, no, he's ginger. I don't know what. I've never met him. I'll tell you a funny story. I've had girls tell me that, hey, I told my friends – I was dating a guy, and they said, what does he look like? And when I said ginger, they laughed at me, but I had to show them a picture first. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to find a way to beat it, man, and, and you have to work on it. Now, I kind of disagree with Andrew just a little bit because if there's something I can do to make my life better, you can bet your ass I'm going to do it. And if you have confidence from doing it, I personally would support you in it. But I think what Andrew super means actually is don't let that one little surgery get in the way of doing the work you're supposed to do because if you're yeah. go from five not five eight or excuse me five five to five eight it's not going to change the fact that you're going to have to do the work it's not going to fix nothing correct and 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 this is a particularly interesting example because i'm not sure i have no idea but let's say you have limb lengthening surgery and it fucks your exo it fucks your skeleton up and you can't ever let's say box or surgeries fight. do go wrong yeah, they do then what, what for then you can't take a low kick without getting your leg snapped like a twig was it worth it what for what who some chick some some girl are you that insecure? It's it's insanity. Right, guys, we're going to wrap up because we can go forever unless you have uh, one more question, Tristan, then we'll let everyone say bye and say what their websites and stuff are, and we'll go from there. Well, I've got a ginger joke I want to make. No ginger jokes. We're going to get attacked for being gingerist. And can I? We're going to end up getting canceled. We're not going to get canceled from Rumble. We're not going to get canceled from Rumble. Rumble. All right, we're going to end up back in jail. All right, I got, I got Do two, a super chat. I got two ginger. All right. <laughs> two. Do a super chat. Jesus. You're no fun, Andrew. My ginger jokes are good, by the way. It is oh, no, actually, no. We'll fact, tell it in the war no, room after. after I'm going to tell it in the war room after this. But, in yeah. fact, let me make a talking point. I once saw a meme that said, girls to each other's faces. You're so beautiful. You're so lovely. Girls behind each other's backs. Oh, she's a bitch. She's a whore. I hate her. And then it said, men to each other's faces. You're a dickhead. You're a cunt. You're a loser. You're a dork. Men behind each other's backs. He's such a great guy. And I feel like as men, you need to have those kind of friendships. So the kind of jokes that we make about each other, I'm not going to repeat. But anyway. why? Why? Let's 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 analyze that. Why one. is that? Yeah. Why do men pick on each other to to each other's faces? Why do you think we we pick on each other or highlight deficiencies in each other? And I think that we do that as a form of motivation. I'll tell you something. Fat shaming works. If I ever got fat, I expect everyone else here on this table to say, Andrew, you were in fantastic shape. You why told, you why are you fat? Why are you fat now? You called me fat. After I want everyone to make fun of me. Yeah. That's what I want you to do. I don't want you to sit there going, Andrew, it's not your fault. I want you to say, Andrew, you were fat. You were ripped. You were a killer. Now you're fat. 
You're a dumbass. I want everyone to make fun of me. So your friends, sometimes when they're picking on you or they're mentioning certain things, if your friends are all calling you brokey, that's actually done from a place of love with men because that's how we get the best out of each other. And you need to do your very best to prove them wrong. Let them call you brokey until the day you turn up with the fastest car. Yeah. Don't stay a brokey. And if you stay a brokey, whose fault is it? Yours. It's always your fault. Yeah. So, Andrew's a thousand percent right on this. I always say that real love is dark. And what that means to me. Make fun of that, your friends. Is that, yeah. Or, or even worse, get in their face and be like, hey, bro, you were fucking up because it's your real friend that's going to care about you enough to confront you because he's not selfish enough to worry about you being upset with him about telling him the truth. Yeah. So, you're right. I'd like to echo these gentlemen. It's because we see the potential in you. As your friend, I don't have to publicly shame you and say obviously that could help but i i don't have to publicly shame you okay look at this fat fuck it's like hey man i know what you used to be like i know what you're capable of i see the potential in you brother come on step your fucking game up you're getting fat simple you don't have to do it publicly if you don't want to yeah, absolutely right let's say bye everybody right so uh bye no Join the email list, Justin Wynn Waller, J-U-S-T-I-N-W-I-N-N Waller, W-A-L-L-E-R.com. Free emails. Yeah, Justin's got an email list, and it's really interesting because I read all of Justin's emails, and they're uh, from a slightly different angle to mine, but uh, they're certainly interesting insights, and I always like how you sign off. You've got this, man. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's very nice and wholesome. It gives you some nice, wholesome motivation in the morning. Sometimes my email list can be a a little bit mean, but Justin's is very nice and wholesome, and it's really interesting to read, so I recommend everybody read that. Tig, you got uh, Instagram or? First off, join the war room. I'd love to actually build your potential as well. That's most important. Second of all, follow me on Instagram, Budo Boxing, and TikTok, and where else you can find me. And uh, thewayboxing.com is my website. Yes, and you know who me and Tristan and I are, and obviously we're on house arrest. We're going to try and have a few more guests on while we're here. But uh, these are some of our very good friends inside the war room. And a lot of people ask us what the war room is all about, but I, I think the easiest way to explain it is, is camaraderie and, and brotherhood. And if you're a man and you don't realize how important brotherhood is and it's something you've been missing your whole life, because once you have it, you're going to certainly want it. And that's what the war room is as a whole. And if you want more information, you can find it on corporatetake.com. Also, I want to quickly mention that uh, topg.com, which is uh, our merch has been slightly been revamped. Tristan can model our supermodel here, resist a slave mind. I, the reason we made these t-shirts resist a slave mind is because when we were in jail, I saw there was a lot of guys wearing them resist a slave mind. And I think that's a fantastic way to make it clear to people that your perspicacity is unmatched and you have indefatigability, which allows you to be a feared opponent in any realm of human endeavor. And they're available on topg.com and our newsletter, which is completely free is on carpetate.com. And we're going to be doing emergency meetings more often. If you join the war room after this, this is where we're going to be. That's where we're going to be for the next few hours. And we look forward to speaking to you in there.